Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. I want to talk a bit about this thing of our celebration today. And and I'm um, going to go over a bit of some stuff that I've probably talked a bit about before here, but before I land somewhere, but I actually believe um, that God. I'm going to talk about this tension between, you know, the, a bit like my wife said. There's, there's the, there's the soft, gentle, just experiencing the blessing, the goodness of God, and then there's times when you've got to be the mother bear and fight for some stuff. And how many, how many people know you have both those seasons, right? But I actually believe that God. God this morning wants to shift the season back a bit more to the blessing side for people. And actually for this church, that actually the season we're in is the season of celebrating the goodness of God. It's not denying that we go through some stuff. It's not denying we have whole seasons of that stuff. It's not even saying everything's perfect, but it's just the balance. It's like, come on, the presence of God, the goodness of God. I'm going to celebrate what God has done. And I, I believe that some of you are going to hear the sound of the call of God to celebrate today and just to shift the balance of it. And so, and so uh, you know, we, we used to be missionaries in the Philippines. When you go and be missionaries, you think, oh, I've got this Christian thing. I'm going to take it to these people who need it, and um, they're going to get it, which hopefully happens. But one of the surprising things that happens is you, sometimes you realize they've got some elements that are more biblical than us. And one of the things we realized in the Philippines is they had community, but they also had celebration. And we kind of realized us Anglo-Saxons don't really know how to celebrate very well, if you're an Anglo-Saxon. It's like, we don't really know how to celebrate. Not like Filipinos or Latinos or stuff. It's like, they really know how to celebrate. And when you go back to the Bible, you realize, man, in the Bible, celebration is a massive theme. And, 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 and there's a reason, and it's actually a spiritual discipline that this is an important thing to do. There are times to fight and be the mama bear, but there are times just to celebrate the blessing of God, to stop and go, do you know what? We've been through some stuff, but God is good. But I'm seeing the goodness of God. But I see his blessings in my life. I recognize his blessings in, his, in my life. And some of you have seen some of this before. I'm, just a bit of a recap. But you know, if you flick up the next one, the, the famous passage in uh, Nehemiah that's coming up. You know, when, when again they, they started to move towards God and they had such a sense of lament and grief for what wasn't right. And, and Nehemiah and the people were like, no, no, don't do this. Because they're weeping and, they, and they're grieving. And, and, they, and they come and... Uh, and Ezra and Nehemiah just says, uh, stop, this day is holy to the Lord. Do not mourn or weep. And so, like, hold on, I thought this whole God thing was about kind of mourning and weeping for how bad I was and stuff. And I'm like, no, no, don't do this. There's a time for that, but now's not the time. And, and, and then, no, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Send some to those who have nothing prepared. The day is holy to the Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And they're like, no, no, it's important that today you tap into something of celebration because this is what's going to make you strong to move forward from here. And that celebration is an important part of Christian life to kind of go, do you know what? I, I, didn't, I choose to stop and identify the blessings of God in my world. I choose to stop today and say thank you to the mothers in my world. I choose to stop and say, God, you have been good to me. And that, that somehow adds strength to my life. Look up the next one, they go on, so they, they went away, they ate and drank, 
nice food, with great joy. And down the bottom, the whole company that had returned from exile built temporary shelters and lived in them. This is the Feast of Tabernacles. They deliberately disrupted just the plodding status quo of life to go, we're going to break up normal to celebrate because we identify this is important for us to do, to actually take some time out and mark it and go, we are blessed. Come on, we are blessed. God is good. God has done good things. And it just says, you know, and their joy was very great. You know, and I know life can just get a slog sometimes. We have been through, sometimes we've like, the last decade wasn't that flash. But it's like, there's times when you just got to stop and go, do you know what? We're going to identify the goodness of God. We're going to identify the blessing of God. And actually, we're going to recognize when the season shifts. And we're not going to camp in that place of just surviving, and we're going to step back into an awareness of the goodness of God. Uh, look up the next one. They, uh, next one. Uh, the, I mentioned this before, I think, when I was talking down here about fasting. Uh, the religious people got really confused in the New Testament with Jesus, because they... Uh, Jesus says this, what can I compare this generation? They're like children singing in the marketplaces, calling out to others. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge for you and you did not mourn. What does that mean? Well, they're, they're confused by John the Baptist and Jesus. And he's like, for John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he's a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say he is a glutton and a drunkard. But, but he says this, but wisdom is proved right by her deeds. Jesus is like... There's a time to kind of go, man, there's something missing in my life. There's something not right. I need to fight for that. I need to fast and pray. I need to just stand. But then there's another time when it's like the right thing to do is just celebrate the goodness of God. The right thing is to do is acknowledge the blessings in my life. The right thing to, and wisdom knows the right time. And I just believe this morning God actually wants to shift the balance a bit, maybe for people who have been going through a tough time, just in survival mode. Come on, it's time to kind of shift the balance a bit. That wisdom knows, come on, it's time to actually stop and go, do you know what? God is good. God has been blessed. And the key difference, actually, if you go to the next one, two chapters forward, how do you know the difference? Well, John's disciples came and asked him, how is it we and the Pharisees fast, your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he, was, while he is with them? What's the difference? Where the presence of God has touched your life, go on, celebrate it. Acknowledge it. Where he's absent, yeah, I'll fast, I'll pray, I'll fight, I'll intercede for that part. But, but where, where I recognize God has blessed this part, the touch of God is here. Come on, there's something significant to welcome that in and acknowledge it and, and just celebrate it. And again, I want to say, I feel like God wants to just shift the balance a bit this morning to this side of the equation. The presence of the bridegroom, the presence of the king, the touch of the divine, the sign of God's goodness and blessing. Come on, I want to like, like we want to hear the sound of that. Um, flick up the next one. Um, did you jump that? Did we jump we often talk about the kingdom, this already but not yet kingdom. So the not yet part, that's the part where we, we groan, we intercede, we pray, come on God, there's more. We lament the pain, the suffering. But the already part is like, come on, we can, we can swing too far over here. And it's like the already part is, no, God's presence is here. 
God has done some good things. God has touched my life. And, 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 I, and I need to hold these in tension, but, but when we've been going through a long season of hard times, sometimes it's hard to swing back over here and acknowledge the, and actually see the already touch of God on our lives. Um, look up the next one. And, and um, one of the images of, of this is often the concept of seasons. And, and we, all, we all go through seasons in our life, don't we? And it's a useful spiritual kind of metaphor. You can unpack it. There's springtime when things just kind of spring up, and whatever whatever you do just kind of comes to life. It just works. You don't even try stuff springing up everywhere. You know, in summer when there's just this fruition and there's a harvest and it's just it's just good and there's bounty. But then autumn, it's like oh, there's some signs that it's kind of looking through fruit, fruit, but the, it's not feeling fresh anymore. And the whole colored leaves is like the buildup of toxins. Like, we've been through a season and I'm running out of steam. And, and things are starting to fall off. <laughs> right. And then winter is like nothing I work, nothing I try works. Right? Everything you try and plant comes to nothing. Anyone been in any of that in that season before? And it's like, and, and he, here's the, and they're all true seasons. And so we need to navigate that. But, but if you flick up the next one, one of the things is that it's actually a cycle. And do you know what I reckon spiritually the hardest transition is actually coming out of winter? Because you've learned to like keep your expectations low. You learn not to get your hopes up. You learn not to expect too much because you think you just know that you're going to get disappointed. And it's actually quite hard to go, do you know what? I'm not in winter anymore you know what? I feel like there's a springtime. I feel like there's signs of new life. I feel like there's signs of new beginning. I feel like there's signs of blessing. And I believe actually that's the shift that God wants to bring. It's no, 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 in a sense, you're just going into Christchurch winter. I can feel it, but it's like, no, no, the winter is over. Actually, I have this confident expectation of goodness and blessing and things springing up. And it's like, come on, it's springtime. The king is here. You know, Narnia, Aslan's on the move. Spring is breaking out. Blessing is here. Um, flick up the next one. Uh, you know, Job is an interesting book in this. You know, 38 so chapters of his misery. And we could, it's a great book for a theology of winter. How do you process it? But the point is, he doesn't stay there. And that's the problem. A lot of us, because of stuff that happens, we end up parking in a place we were supposed to be going through. And the book actually finishes like this. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. Down the bottom, verse 12, the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. When you think of Job, everyone thinks of the 38 chapters of winter. What about the, what about the final chapters of the new springtime, the new summertime? The new ability, and one of the challenges, I think, for, are we able to actually step out of winter and step into spring and go, no, no, I see signs of blessing. I see signs of goodness. I see signs of life. Yeah, I've been through some stuff, but the winter is transitioning into spring, and I hear the call to celebrate God. Come on, I hear the call to celebrate God. Uh, if you flick up the next one, 
he, um, the book kind of finishes, if you compare Job 42 with the early chapters, he's literally double everything he had. And the final verse of the book, verses, after this, Job lived 140 years. He saw his children, their children to the fourth generation. And so he died, an old man full of years. Job, we remember Job for the sitting in the dust, like, God, what's happened? We, we don't, but that wasn't the end of the story. The end of the story is Job going, I'm a blessed man. And I've seen the goodness of God come. And I'm living in the blessing of God. And it, I, I think when we've gone through hard times, it's hard to break out of that mentality of the winter season and start to believe again and start to dare to believe again. Anyone with me on that? Yeah. It's kind of hard looking out of your little snow cave. Like, do I really think if I try something, it's going to grow? Do I really think things are going to spring up? Do I really think I'm going to see some good things? I want to encourage you, hear the sound of the call to blessing and the call to new beginnings. Um, flick up the next one. In um, Ephesians, you know, this is there are seasons like this, right? We've all been through this, where, like Paul's like, be strong in the Lord, put on the full armor, our struggle's not against flesh and blood. 13, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've, after you've done everything to stand. Sometimes there's seasons in our life, there's weeks, there's months, there's, year, there's a decade where you go, I'm still standing. Like that's as good as it gets. That's a win, right? That's a win, I'm still standing. We're still here. We're still standing. But that's, but that's not the only space to live in. You know, and I love this next one. This, this thought, um, go to the next one. Next one. Next one. It's jammed. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And even that is still a hope. There's actually another step. No, no, I confess this. I am seeing the goodness of God. I am seeing the touch of God. I'm seeing the blessing of God. And, and to be able to go, yeah, I've been through some stuff, but the winter is over. Spring has come. We are seeing the touch of God on our lives. We are seeing the touch of God on this church. We are stepping into a season of life and beginning. Um, if, you, if you flick up the next one, I don't know if you... Um, Rick Warren talks about... I took the season metaphor. He talks about it's less like seasons than he thinks. It's like two railway tracks. He has this great quote. If you put up the next one, he says this. Um, I used to think life was like hills and valleys. You go through a dark time, then you go to the mountaintop, back and forth. I don't believe that anymore. Rather than life being hills and valleys, I believe it's kind of like two rails on a railroad track, and at all times you have something good and something bad in your life. No matter how good things are in your life, there's always something bad that needs to be worked on. No matter how bad things are in your life, there's always something good you can thank God for. It's like, I, I, I think we just get overwhelmed by the difficult things, and, we'll, and it's like God wants to restore the balance and go, no, no, there's these two tracks. And don't get, uh, yeah, you can be naive and all poly, oh, it's all wonderful, and deny this, but I think our tendency is more the opposite way as Kiwis. We're so focused on the challenge 
and we lose the blessing. If you know the context of this, he talks about the same year he wrote this book, The Purpose Driven Life, became the number one Christian bestseller, became a multimillionaire overnight. He paid back, he made a decision, we're not going to change our lifestyle. He paid back his 20 years of salary as a pastor so he could say he'd served God for free. He set up a foundation for aid and relief in Africa. So a phenomenal year, same year his wife got breast cancer. He's like, there's always good, and, and he's like, this is life, but I'm not going I'm not, I'm not to swing all the way over, oh, my life is miserable. It's gone. No, no, there's also the sign of God's goodness and blessing. And, and, th- and this is, I've talked about this before, but if you look up the next one, uh, the whole thing in Genesis, you know, the picture of chaos and mess and disaster, and God steps in, and he's like, let there be light. And then he's like, that is good. So like, what about the rest of the mess? He's like, that's for tomorrow. But don't neglect, the, don't neglect the importance of celebrating. I see a sign of goodness. I recognize the touch of God. God has done something in this part of my life. The devil's whispering in your ear, what about all this other mess? Like, just tell him, God's got that tomorrow. Look, rejoice in the goodness of today. The blessing of today. Come on, today, where is the, where do you hear the sound? Like, celebrate the touch of God. Today, you know, if you go on the next, uh, throughout the chapter, then he does more, and then that's good, and then that's good, and the next one, but, and right at the end, you know, and God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Don't wait till it's all very good to celebrate, because it's never going to be all very good this side of eternity. There'll always be something to work on. But God wants to put his finger on the signs of blessing, and he wants you to come into agreement. God, you have been good. God, you have been good. It was great for us last week with my mother's 80th birthday just to go, God, you've been good. You know, to celebrate Mother's Day today, God, you've been good. Yeah, there's been challenges. There's been dark days, dark days years, but God, we see the signs of your blessing, and I choose to recognize that. Click on the next one. I, um, there's an image. That was all, that was all a recap, recap, prelim kind of, there's one, because I've got one little thought, and I thought this isn't enough for a whole message. So here's the thought. That I feel like it's a God thought for you. There's an image in, in the Bible of a trumpet call that they used the trumpeter to summon the people to something. And, and you, had to, you had to be, cl- oh, go back, sorry, go back, go back. You had to have a clear call, otherwise, how do you know? You've been called for battle, you've been called for, to stand, what have you been called to do? Retreat, advance, so there's got to be a clear call. And, and, and if you go to the next one, one of the clear calls is, Hey, it's time to fight. Like my wife's saying, hey, it's time to wheel out the mama bear and fight for your kids. There's a time to hear the call to battle. Hey, this is a hard time. We've got a challenge. We need to fight for something. We're not going to let the devil take us down. We need to stand against something. There's a, sa- there's a time for you to hear the sound of the call of God's spirit to come on, stand up and fight. But I don't think that's the sound of today. There's another use for the trumpet. Next one. It's an old-fashioned word. Oh, I'll read out. The, the, did we lose the picture? God has ascended amid... Yeah. Okay, go back. <laughs> go back. God has ascended amidst shouts of joy 
the Lord amidst the sounding of trumpets. There's an old-fashioned word, now the picture, it's called fanfare. It's the sound of the trumpets to announce the arrival of the king. I believe that there's a sound of God for people today. It's not the sound to battle. It's the sound to go, come on, can you, can you feel it? The king is walking into your life. The king is here. Good stuff is happening. Come on, the king has arrived. And, I, and I'm, I'm responding to a different sound. The king has arrived. It's from this psalm, if you flick up the next one. Psalm uh, 47, that's the central verse. Again, note that God has ascended amidst shouts of joy. The context of this is joy and celebration. And it's almost like a counter, and the world wants to say, oh, there's all this. So, no, no, I hear a different sound. I hear the sound that God is arriving amidst shouts of joy. I hear the sound of celebration. I identify that there is blessing. I see that God is doing good things. And I choose to recognize that. If you flick up the next one, the whole psalm, you know, it's a great psalm. We're going to quickly look at it. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. Yeah, there's a time to lament, but there's a time to shout to God with cries of joy. Why? For the Lord Most High is awesome, the great King over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, people under us. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. Here's the center verse. God has ascended amidst shouts of joy, the Lord amidst the sounding of trumpets. And then flick up the next one, it goes on. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham. For the kings of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. And I believe there's a sound of the trumpets that say, come on, the king is walking into your world. What, What happened? How does that work? Flick on the next one. The central thing is, God arrives. Next one. There's a, there's a song from Equippa Sings. Behold, the king is here. That's the essence of it. Come on, in your life, there's going to be some areas still of struggle. But come on, behold, the king has arrived in your life. The king is here. And wherever he comes, come on, there's wholeness, there's blessing, there's peace, there's comfort. It's not just the winter season. Behold, the king is here. Heaven now saturates this atmosphere because when he comes, he brings his environment with him. Come on, there's a touch of heaven on your world. It's a touch of heaven on this church. Miracles are taking place as we declare his name. Heaven is here. Heaven is here. Heaven is here. Come on, heaven is here. Heaven is here. Heaven is here to recognize signs of blessing in your world. Heaven has come. Thank thank you, God, for my mom. Thank you, God, for my family. Thank you, God, for my work. Thank you, God, for my health. Thank you that I'm still alive today. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you, God. Heaven is here. Now, many of you know Pastor Matt Cornford from Masterton. He's just been diagnosed with cancer and in the hospital in Palmerston North. And so, yeah, there's the thing like, we just got to stand in this time. 
But then some great photos of his little kids cuddling up with him, going, it doesn't get any better than this. Going in the midst of dealing with that to go, yeah, but here's the touch of heaven in my life. I've got three beautiful kids. I've got a wife that loves me. Heaven is here in this part. Heaven is here. Come on, the king is here. The touch of the king is in my life in this place. Flick up the next one. Why? How, how does this work? Because this. Because when he arrives, he subdues nations under us, people under our feet. Next one is the second half of the psalm. He reigns over the nations. It's like, you know what? We went through some hard time, but God, you beat it. God, with you, I'm still standing. God, we overcame. We're still together. As a family, we still love each other. We're still here as a church, and we're going forward. We're having baptisms tonight. God... Because you arrived, you overcame some stuff. I'm not just battered down and just in survival mode, battening down the hatches, just hoping I get through this. No, God, you overcame some stuff. It's a kind of mindset shift, eh? No, the king is here, stuff has been overcome. And then the third thing is this. Flick up the next one. If the musos want to come on, that'd be great. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob whom he loved. I'm actually living in some of the promises of God that I've believed for. I'm not just hoping. I'm certainly not giving up on them. I'm actually living in something of what I sense God meant for my life. I've touched something of the divine because God's here. And it finishes the parallel to the next one. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham. Do you know what? I'm just not this oppressed, beaten down little person. Because the king has arrived in my life. And he's overcome some stuff. And now I'm starting to stand tall. And as a church, we're standing tall. No, no, we're the chosen people of God. And we're going forward in God. And there's purpose and there's destiny and there's significance. Come on, the king is here. The king is here. The king is here. Come on, the king has walked in. The trumpets are sounding, not as the call to battle. The trumpets are sounding. Get ready, the king is walking into your life. Come on, the king is walking into your world. Enemies are going to be overcome. Inheritance is going to be received. Come on, the king is walking in. It's a sound of joy. Come on, the king is walking in. The king is walking in. Why don't you stand? Just look at the next one just before we... Why don't you stand there? I love this. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wherever the kingdom has come, there's right relationships start coming together. Man, we've been through some hard times, but we've got good relationships now. There's wholeness. There's peace. we sorted out some stuff. And above all, there's joy because we're living in the blessing of God. We're standing in the blessing of God. Look at the last one. God has ascended amidst shouts of joy. The Lord amidst the sounding of trumpets. Come on, can you hear the call? Can you hear the sound to step into God? Can you hear the sound? Why don't we just worship Him for a minute? Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.